part three chapter thirty b of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three marriage and second love chapter thirty b how sorry i am that i cannot drink three or four glasses i should like it do you really like it rakhmatov i envy you vira pavlovna i envy you said he laughing man is weak are you weak thank god but rakhmatov you surprise me you are not at all like what i supposed you were why are you always such a gloomy monster but now you are a lovely jovial man vira pavlovna i am now fulfilling a pleasant duty so why should i not be happy but this is a rare occasion as a general rule you see things about you that are not happy how can you help being a gloomy monster only vira pavlovna as you happen to see me in a mood such as i would like to be in all the time and since there is such frankness between us let it be a secret that i am not by my own will a gloomy monster it is easier for me to fulfil my duty when i am not noticed because i myself would like to fulfil my duty and still be happy in life now people do not try to entertain me any more and i do not have to waste my time by refusing invitations but that you may the more easily imagine me nothing else than a gloomy monster it will be necessary to continue the inquisition of your crimes but why do you want to find more you have already found two heartlessness towards masha and heartlessness towards the shop i confess it indifference to masha is only an error not a great crime masha has not been lost by rubbing her sleeping eyes an hour longer on the contrary she did it with the pleasant consciousness of fulfilling her duty but for the shop i really want to torture you yes but you have already tortured me not entirely i want to finish it how could you dare to give it out at the risk of its destruction but i have confessed already that i have not given out Mertsalov promised to take my place we have already said that your intention of putting her in your place was not a sufficient excuse but by this remark you have only pleaded guilty to a new crime rakhmatov again gradually assumed a serious though not a gloomy tone you say that she takes your place is that decided yes said vira pavlovna without her former jocular tone anticipating that something really bad might result from this just look here by whom was the matter decided by you and by her without any inquiry whether those fifty people would consent to the change or not or whether they wanted somebody else or might not find somebody else better this is despotism vira pavlovna so here are two great crimes on your part heartlessness and despotism but the third one is still more cruel the establishment which to a greater or less degree corresponded with sound ideas of managing life which should serve as a more or less important corroboration of their practicability but practical proofs are so few and every one of them is so valuable this establishment you have subjected to the risk of going to destruction of bringing it from a practical proof into an affidavit of impracticability a refutation of your convictions a means of showing the uselessness of ideas which ought to be proved of real benefit to humanity you have afforded the upholders of darkness and wickedness an argument against your holy principles now i am not speaking at all about the fact that you are going to injure the welfare of fifty people what does fifty people mean 
you have injured the chances of humanity you have proved to be a traitor against progress this vira pavlovna in the language of the church is called a sin against the holy ghost a sin about which is said that any other sin may be forgiven to a person but this never never isn't it true that you are a criminal but it is well that everything has ended as it has and that your sins were committed only in your imagination but however you are really blushing vira pavlovna good i will give you some consolation if you were not suffering so keenly you would not have committed such horrible crimes even in your imagination consequently the real criminal in things is the one who has caused you so much trouble but you keep repeating how kind he was how kind he was how do you make out that he is to blame for my suffering who else in regard to all this he has done well i do not deny it but why did it happen why all this disturbance nothing of the sort should have happened no i oughtn't to have had this feeling but i didn't ask for it i did my best to overcome it that sounds well ought not to have had it the real cause of your sin you have not perceived and for what you are not to blame at all you reproach yourself this feeling was bound infallibly to arise as soon as your nature and dmitri sergeitch's came into contact if not one way then another it would have been developed anyhow for the root of the feeling does not lie in the fact that you love another that is a consequence the root of the feeling is the dissatisfaction with your former relations in what form was this dissatisfaction bound to develop if both you and he or either one of you had been people of no intelligence not refined or even bad it would have been developed in its usual form a quarrel between husband and wife you would have fought like cats and dogs if both of you had been bad or if one of you had been bad one would have eaten the other up and the other would have been eaten at all events there would have been a domestic galleys such as we are pleased to see almost universally in married life and this of course would not have prevented the development of love for another but the main thing would be the galleys and the eating each other up your dissatisfaction could not have taken such a form because both of you were enlightened people and therefore it was developed in only its easiest gentlest and least offensive form love towards another consequently there is no use in talking about love to another that is not the main trouble at all the essence of the matter lies in your dissatisfaction with your former position and the cause of this dissatisfaction was the discordance of your characters both of you were good people but after your character became mature vira pavlovna and lost its childish indefiniteness and acquired definite features it proved that you and dmitri sergeitch were not very well adapted to each other is there anything reprehensible in either of you now for example i also am a decent man but could you get along with me you would hang yourself with weariness of me how long do you suppose it would take you to come to that point a very few days said vira pavlovna laughing he was not such a gloomy monster as i am yet you and he are quite too little adapted to each other who ought to have noticed it first who was the older whose character settled sooner who had the more experience in life he ought to have foreseen it and have prepared your mind so that you would not get alarmed or worry but he understood it only when the feeling which he ought to have expected and did not expect was developed but when the feeling resulting from the other feeling developed then he perceived it why had he not foreseen and noticed it was he stupid he had enough sense for that no it was from inattention from carelessness 
he neglected his duties toward you viera pavlovna that is the case and you are declaring that he was kind that he loved you rakhmetov gradually becoming excited spoke with feeling but viera pavlovna stopped him i must not listen to you rakhmetov she said in a tone of extreme dissatisfaction you are pouring reproaches upon a man to whom i am endlessly indebted no viera pavlovna if there had been no necessity of my saying that i should not have said it did i notice it to-day only for the first time could i have said it if i had seen it only to-day for the first time you know that it is impossible to avoid a conversation with me if i think a conversation is necessary indeed i could have told you this long ago but i held my peace so if i speak now it is because it is necessary to speak i do not say anything before it is necessary you saw how i kept the note ten hours in my pocket though it was pitiful to look at you but it was necessary not to speak and i did not speak consequently if i speak now it shows that i thought long ago about dmitri sergeyitch's relations towards you thus of course it was necessary to speak about them no i do not want to listen said vira pavlovna greatly stirred i ask you to be silent rakhmetov i beg of you to go i am very much obliged to you for wasting an evening on my account but i beg you to leave me are you in earnest in earnest very well he said laughing it's all right vira pavlovna but you cannot get rid of me so easily i foresaw that this would happen and i provided for it the little note which i burned up he wrote of his own accord but this he wrote according to my request this i can leave in your hands because it is not a proof here it is rakhmetov gave vira pavlovna this note twenty third of july two o'clock in the morning dear friend vierotchka listen to everything that rakhmetov will have to say to you i do not know what he wants to tell you i have not authorized him to say anything he has not given me the least hint that he wants to speak to you but i know that he never says anything but what he thinks is necessary yours d l vira pavlovna kissed this note god knows how many times why didn't you let me have it before you probably have something else of his no i have nothing more because nothing more was necessary why didn't i let you have it until there was necessity there was no need of giving it to you bourgeois why so for the sake of my own pleasure and having some lines from him now that he has gone from me well if it was only for that reason knew that was not very important he smiled ah rakhmetov you want to tease me so this note is going to serve as another quarrel between us is it he said laughing again if that is the case i shall take it away from you and burn it up you know that it is said about such people as you and me that we consider nothing holy for we are capable of all murderous deeds of violence but how is it may i continue they both grew a little more subdued she on account of having seen the note he because he had been sitting a few minutes in silence while she was kissing it yes i am obliged to listen he did not notice that which he ought to have noticed continued rakhmetov in a calm tone of voice and this brought about bad consequences but if he could not be blamed for not having noticed it still he could not be excused for it either let us suppose that he did not know that this was bound unavoidably to arise from the very nature of the given relations between your character and his still he ought at all events to have given you some preparation for something of the kind simply as a thing that might happen which is not desirable and which it is not necessary to expect but which still may arise 
no one can guarantee what occurrences the future may bring this axiom that there are a good many contingencies he certainly knew how did he leave you in this state of mind that when this happened you were not prepared for it the very fact that he did not foresee it resulted only from neglectfulness which was insulting to you but in itself is a matter of no importance not a bad one not a good one that he did not prepare you at all for any such event came about from a very very bad motive of course he acted unconsciously but a man's nature is betrayed in those things which are done unconsciously to prepare you for it would have been contradictory to his interests but if you had been prepared your resistance to the feeling which was contradictory to his interests would have been less violent there was always such a strong feeling in you that the most energetic resistance on your part was useless but it is a matter of mere chance that the feeling appealed in such a strength if it had been caused by a man less deserving but still a decent man it would have been weaker such strong feelings against which all struggles are useless are rare exceptions many more are the chances for the appearance of feelings which it is possible to conquer if the strength of the resistance is not weakened entirely now for these most likely chances he did not want to weaken your powers of resistance and this is the motive that he had in leaving you unprepared and subjecting you to so much suffering how does this strike you it is not true rakhmatov he has never hidden from me any of his thoughts his convictions were as well known to me as they were to you of course vira pavlovna to hide them would have been too much to interfere with the development of your convictions so as to gratify his own convictions and for this reason to make believe think differently from what he really thinks this would have been an absolutely dishonourable thing such a man you could never love did i call him a bad man he was a very good man in what respect was he not good yes i shall praise him to your heart's content i only say that before this matter arose after it arose he behaved towards you very nobly but before it arose he acted unkindly towards you why did you torment yourself so he said and then there was no need of saying it because it was self-evident that you did it so that you might not grieve him how could this thought have occurred to you that this would greatly grieve him you ought not to have had such an idea what kind of grief was that it was stupid what kind of jealousy is that don't you recognize such a thing as jealousy rakhmatov in an intelligent person it has no right to exist it is a mutilated feeling it is a false feeling a contemptible feeling it is the result of that order of things according to which i don't allow anybody to wear my underclothes smoke my meerschaum this is the result of viewing a person as personal property as a chattel but rakhmatov if jealousy should not be acknowledged then there would be a horrible state of things for him who feels it there are horrible things but for the one who does not feel it there is nothing horrible or even important but you are advocating an absolute immorality rakhmatov does it seem to you so after living with him four years in this respect he is to blame how often do you dine every day once would anybody be offended if you dined twice of course not then why don't you do so is it because you are afraid of offending someone in all probability it is simply because you do not need it because you do not care to but a dinner is an agreeable thing but reason and principally the stomach says that one dinner is agreeable and the second may be disagreeable but if you have a fancy or a morbid desire to dine twice a day would you have been kept from it by your fear of offending somebody 
no if any one were offended or forbade you to do it you would only do it secretly you would begin to eat the dishes in a bad style you would soil your hands by your hurried seizing of the food you would soil your dress by hiding victuals in your pockets and that's all the question here has nothing whatsoever to do with morality or immorality but only whether the contraband is a good thing who has the idea that jealousy is a feeling worthy of respect and mercy that the feeling says ach when i do this i shall offend him and whom does it compel to suffer vainly in the strife only a few of the most noble for whom it is impossible to fear that their nature would draw them into immorality for the rest are not restrained by this nonsense but are simply driven to be cunning deceitful that is it makes them really bad that is all is this not well known to you of course it is now how henceforth can you find any moral advantage in jealousy yes but we ourselves always used to speak together in this spirit probably not absolutely in this sense of the word or you spoke words but did not believe each other when you heard these words on each other's tongue and of course you really did not believe because you constantly heard about other subjects and maybe this very subject words in a different sense else why should you have suffered so long god knows how long and for what reason and from what nonsense what a great rumpus how much trouble for all three and particularly for you vira pavlovna meantime you all three might have lived together very calmly just as you did afterwards for a year or somehow you might have arranged to move into one apartment or to have arranged it otherwise however it might happen only without the least trouble in accordance with your former style to drink tea all three together and as before to go to the opera all three together why then this suffering why this catastrophe all this because there was left in your mind thanks to his bad method of preparing you for it the thought i am killing him which was entirely a fancy yes he caused you entirely too much worriment no rakhmatov you are speaking terrible things again terrible things terrible to me are the awful sufferings from trifles and unnecessary catastrophes and so then according to your view all our history is a stupid melodrama yes an entirely unnecessary melodrama with an entirely unnecessary tragedy and for the fact that instead of a simple conversation of the calmest tenor arose an exciting melodrama dmitri sergeitch is to blame his honest style of action in regard to it is hardly sufficient for covering his fault in not averting this melodrama by preparing you and himself for very calm views in regard to all this as a mere piece of nonsense for which it is not worth while to drink one glass of tea more or not to finish your glass of tea he was very much to blame no but he has paid dearly enough for it drink one more glass of sherry and go to bed i have now reached the final purpose of my call it is already three o'clock if no one wakes you you will sleep very long and i told masha not to wake you before half-past ten so that to-morrow you will hardly have time enough to drink your tea you will have to hurry to the railroad station if you do not have time to put away all the things it will not make any difference for you will either return soon or they will send them to you what do you think is best to be done shall alexander matveitch go after you or will you return by yourself it would be hard for you and masha now for it would not do for her to notice that you are entirely calm and how could she notice it during the half an hour of hasty preparation 
Mirzalova would be a great deal worse. But I will go to see her early in the morning and tell her that she had better not come here because you have not slept much and you ought not to be wakened, but that she had better go straight to the station. How much care you take for me, said Vera Pavlovna. Don't, at least, describe this to him. It is of my own accord. But, except that which I reproach him for, as regards the thing of the past, to his own face I told him more things, and more emphatically, except the fact that he was entirely to blame for the arising of this vain suffering, he behaved like a hero. End of Part 3, Chapter 30 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine